Welcome to the Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I have helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and incredible human, Sam Ju. Sam is a positive psychology life coach and a psychotherapist with six years of university qualifications, mama to a beautiful five-year-old and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. With over 15 years experience supporting women from all walks of life, thousands in fact, it's Sam's mission to support women to own their worthiness and up-level their dreams and business. Sam supports women to give themselves the permission they are craving, permission to stop people-pleasing, drowning under a mountain of pressure and guilt, saying yes when we want to say no, and permission to start, experiencing more joy and rest, living from a place of courage, being unapologetically, unbashfully, wholly you. Today we are chatting about perfectionism and strategies you can put in place to live a more joyful life. I just know that you're going to get so much from this conversation with Sam. So let's dive in. I am so excited to talk about this topic today because I am definitely a perfectionist and this idea of perfectionism is pretty much something I talk about sometimes daily with my clients. And I know it's quite a hot topic at the moment in the online business space So Sam, I would love for you to start us off with by sharing your definition. What is perfectionism? Well, I think perfectionism isn't just having high standards because having high standards can be a great thing, but perfectionism is when you have high standards and you can't be flexible with them. Um, And so basically you refuse to accept any standard that's short of perfection. I love that definition. And it's so... Simple because I think a lot of us are saying that we're recovering perfectionists, but that is not necessarily true. So, what are the signs of perfectionism? Like, how does that play out in people's daily lives? And how is this perhaps different from being a high achiever and having high standards, as you shared? Yeah. So, I guess the way that you could maybe have a sense that you struggle with perfectionism or that it's a problem in your life is when you're unable to be flexible. So let's say that you've got really high standards and you always do something a certain way in your business uh, or you always do something yourself in your business. And then maybe like, you know, shit hits the fan and your life, you know, there's maybe a crisis in your personal life and um, lots of stuff going on and you don't have time to do it perfectly uh so a perfectionist would maybe then go well I can't do it perfectly so I'm not going to do it at all or they might push themselves and work until 3am to do it perfectly Uh, or maybe you've got a team member that wants to help out but you just think they can't do it good enough so you won't let them do it that would all be signs maybe that you're 
struggling with perfectionism rather than just high standards because someone who's got high standards but isn't a perfectionist would be able to step back and go you know what like I'm going through a really rough time so I'm just going to do a good enough job this month and that will be okay I think um, there's this beautiful uh, I think it's a, a Buddhist quote that which doesn't bend breaks and that really applies to perfectionism. It's like, are you able to, you've got high standards, but are you able to be flexible when life changes? I love that like quote. I think I've heard it before. Yeah. Maybe I've been told by my own therapist yeah. that, that, like that, uh, that resonates um, with me. And as someone, like I said, who has perfectionism, I've, I can totally relate to that. Like wanting to get everything perfect so that I wasn't judged or so that someone didn't look and think that I was maybe not good enough or didn't have the expertise. And then I would work to all hours of the evening, um, even in my corporate job, or I would believe, you know, that no one else could do it as well as me. And so I had to do it a certain way or I'd get frustrated if I did hand tasks over to other people and they didn't do it my exact way. And it's taken me a while and particularly being a manager, that was not a good trait to have, but it's taken me a while to like realize that now that's like good enough is fine. Like good enough is great. And even though I have extremely high standards, a lot of the time, what I think is like 90% is like 150 for somebody else or my client is just so like over the moon with what I've got, I realized that I could actually, by pulling back a little bit, I could serve more people. I could create better results. I could do that for longer. And also I had still had time for myself and to take care of myself. And I think that's why a lot of my clients come to me because all of these kind of tendencies are really leading to things like burnout and frustration and exhaustion do you see that with your clients too yeah I think perfectionism can kind of show up as avoidance like I see a lot of women who avoid um, you know so they don't post they don't show up on social media they don't put offers out there because they don't feel quite ready or like it's quite perfect or the polar opposite of that is burnout you know like overdoing it like yeah pushing 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 always to be perfect so it, it can kind of show up in a few different ways are there two different types of perfectionists then? Like the one that does do more the burnout, the pushing, and the one who does the like avoidance kind of situation? Because some of my clients, I would say, would fall into one camp or the other. And some people I talk to really think perfectionism is more the wanting everything to be perfect, doing, doing, doing a burnout, and maybe don't recognize that when they're avoiding doing things through fear of failure of like I said consistency consistency means Mm. the same method like you said the same process exactly the same time so if their podcast has to go out an hour later they're just not going to do it at all like and then avoiding the whole like creating the podcast the whole strategy until they've got literally nothing to work on because it can't be done a certain way like would you say there are two types and so therefore we should recognize which type we're in I think it's more that anyone who is a perfectionist has a lot of rules about life and how they need to show up And then the behaviors could be different. So for some people that'll be, well, I'm going to avoid, you know, like I can't do my assignment perfectly. So I'm just going to go watch TV today instead. Or yeah, so they might be like very avoidant of it, or they might be very like, yeah, take action and push themselves, but it's still perfectionism. 
And also you could be a perfectionist and at one point in your life, it shows up as you overworking and at another point it shows up as you, um, yeah, kind of not, not doing anything. So yeah, that's really good. I didn't actually know that, you know, those two situations were the same thing and that you could change over time. I know for a lot of my clients, me included, with the pandemic and being in lockdown, our behaviors have changed. And so that's really good. I think for a lot of listeners to recognize that, you know, things could be their behaviors or rules could have changed and things might look a little different, but maybe the heart at what's keeping them stuck or this idea of perfectionism is still the same. So I would love for you to share your journey with perfectionism. And would you mind sharing some key moments for us, perhaps how you recognize it and work through it. So I think that would be really helpful for listeners. Yeah. Okay. So I think um, for me, my perfectionism kind of comes from a place of not feeling good enough. So it's like, I grew up with um, quite low self-worth and, you know, had this really deep belief that I wasn't good enough or that there was something wrong with me. And so myself, and this is very common for perfectionists, kind of built these rules of like, well, if I'm perfect in my job, if I'm the perfect daughter, if I'm the perfect partner, if I'm the perfect mother, then I am okay or I am good enough. And that rule was kind of there to protect me from, um, you know, not feeling good enough. And when everything goes perfectly and you can show up perfectly, which is, let's face it, pretty rare, I felt okay about myself. But whenever anything went wrong in my life, Uh, yeah, that would really, um, I guess, trigger a lot of anxiety, a lot of low self-worth and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of like, like one, one more recent example, I guess, is when my daughter was born and um, she was really underweight and I had a lot of trouble with breastfeeding. Yeah, my perfectionist just was like so determined to fully breastfeed her. Now I look back at it and I think, oh, I wish I'd cuddled her more and like maybe just, um, you know, continue to try breastfeeding, but not made it such a big deal in my head. But that's the, the I think for me as a perfectionist, I'm very all or nothing. It's either perfect or I've completely failed. There's a lot of middle ground. <laughs> uh, I'd say with my business, perfectionism shown up in that when I first launched my business, I was so scared of like choosing what group I was going to work with, like my niche. I was so obsessed with getting that right, with getting my pricing right, with getting everything right, that I probably wasted a year uh, procrastinating (laughs) on getting it all perfect. And then once I started launching and um, building my business, of course, I learned that uh, you constantly responding to your community and learning and you know where I started off like my niche started off with like self-care for women and mums in business and now it's completely different area so uh, my yeah I guess one thing I learned was like don't spend months trying to get the perfect niche and the perfect website and the perfect offer because probably in three months you're going to change it anyway so Uh, Yeah, so I think I'm like what I would call a recovering perfectionist. Like I'm still, it still shows up in my world, but I'm much more aware of it now. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your story and journey. I can totally relate to that. I think I am a recovering perfectionist too, because I don't procrastinate anymore and I trust myself to make a decision and to take action, knowing that it's going to be imperfect action and something that I teach a lot of my clients and maybe you can relate to it too, is that for many of us, I think 
particularly me as a perfectionist as well, I actually get clarity through doing. Yes. And a lot of the time when I was trying to create something, you know, that was perfect before talking to people, before putting an idea out there, before testing it myself, like, you know, does it make me feel good? I would sit there with just basically a fantasy, trying to write this fantasy that none of us could live up to, me included. And so now by like knowing that I'm going to take imperfect action, that it's going to be good enough, that I'll get clarity through doing, it is just so freeing. And I think of everything I do from a piece of content to an offer as like one part of my story or one component as opposed to the be all and end all. Like if I don't put this post out, if it is not amazing, I you know, won't get clients or the offer won't work. And so seeing it more as just like an ongoing story. And I think that has really helped me with my perfectionism too, because like you said, a lot of my clients are the same, trying to like get this perfect niche when they've never run a business before, when they're just understanding the concept of a niche, it's impossible. Like you can't, you can't get that. And then it's meant to be a gradual process. And I think a lot of the time in business, we see a lot of black and white, you should do this or do that, or it has to be like that or it won't work. And I just don't think that that's true. And I think it can trigger a lot of our perfectionism because we're told we have to do things one way or the other. Do you feel like that's true? Absolutely. I think um, business can trigger a lot of unrealistic standards and expectations, you know, like there's all this marketing around you know like building a six-figure business in three months and like yeah um, it just they make it all look so perfect and so easy and then for most people that I work with like business is messy and you need to be patient you need to be um, have trust and like determination to not give up when it doesn't go well straight away like so if you have this idea, like these unrealistic expectations of yourself and your business, then um, it's going to be really hard to stay in it for the long yards. So, yeah, which I think yeah. is why many people end up quitting or leaving because their idea of what it should have been like is not the reality. And therefore they think that they fail. So yeah. many of my clients mm-hmm. have come to me at the point where they're like, this is it. I've got it, like I've got to quit unless X, Y, and Z happens. And then when we sort of uncover their perfectionist kind of tendencies, where these you know ideas are coming from, it normally is, like I said, this sort of fantasy we've created, all these expectations that have been put on us externally. And we realize they're actually doing incredibly well, yeah. but you don't see that. And I know me personally, for the first couple of years of my business, just working so hard. I was the only one really in my friendship group that had a business and then end up speaking to a few friends. I just remember the moment they're like, Rachel, you do realize the money you're making, the opportunities you're getting, like, that's incredible. Most people don't get that. And just, it hit me. I realized that I've been telling myself I've been failing for like literally years and statistically I was doing incredibly well. And then based on my goals, I was, and based on like friends and peers and stuff thought I was killing it. But inside I was just telling myself I was like a failure over and over. And I think mm-hmm. if they hadn't had that conversation with me, I don't know if I would have kept going or I must have, I probably would have hit burnout and a whole lot of things before I kind of recalibrated. And I'm just so glad they did that. Do you find it's useful for your clients to maybe have someone like us, like a coach or a friend to actually say back to them, perhaps how incredible they are or what's really happening so they can see perhaps where their views or vision are limiting? 
Yeah, like I love to teach the women I support how to do that themselves, like because it's like what you were describing was a mental filter. So it was like your business was having all these wins, but and this is very common, my brain does this too. Your brain was filtering it all out, all the good stuff and only taking in the stuff that you thought wasn't good enough. And I think it's so easy in business. We're always thinking about the next thing and the next thing and we don't celebrate actually what we are doing well at. So yeah, I really um, love supporting women to just celebrate every single little win because it's actually retraining their brain to like notice the the things that they're doing well at. But yeah, friends, um, group coaching experiences, masterminds, one-on-one coaching, all of those things help with that. I love that about celebrating wins. I used to be like, oh, I don't need to celebrate this. And I just never celebrated and like anything in my life. I just, like you said, moved on to the next thing, you know, running through like fear and that not being good enough. Um, And it wasn't until I started celebrating all of my wins. Like you said, that I really felt like I retrained my brain and now I can see when it's kicking in and only showing me negative. And even when it is, I say, what is actually going well? Like what is, what's happening? That's great. How is that actually, you know, being reflected in my daily life? Maybe it looks slightly different. And I now actually go searching for the good things. And over time that got easier and easier. Mm-hmm. So I would love to dive in a little bit more onto this idea that self-worth and perfectionism are intertwined because it makes so much sense. I can see how my lack of self-worth really has triggered a lot of my perfectionist tendencies about externally fitting in about having to do well so I can be like rewarded so that I feel like I'm good enough can you share why this is well and and I think it's always important to say especially on podcasts and things like that like I'm not saying it's a blanket rule that every perfectionist has self-worth but it's just something I've noticed in myself and a lot of the women I work with in, uh, yeah so everyone's different and um that what what underlie I guess it's what underlies the perfectionism like what's driving it is the question to ask yourself uh in my experience it's often a, a fear of not being good enough or a sense of not being good enough and I guess it makes sense if you feel like there's something wrong with you or I'm not good enough that you're going like that's a pretty um vulnerable space to be in isn't it so if you build this perfectionistic kind of um, life around you it protects you from that but what I always say because I work a lot with women around self-worth is like we are actually born worthy everybody every human being is enough and lovable and we don't actually have to achieve anything to to be that but we all have stuff that we've learned in our childhoods and in our lives that we have to unlearn to be able to accept that about ourselves. Such an important lesson for life and business. Um, Like I said, something that I've had to keep coming back to and working through myself when I'm the first one to admit that. And I think, you know, if I go like some of the hard days in business or from making big changes, Mm -hmm. the first thing I think is like, I'm not good enough. This isn't going to work for me. I can't make this work. You know, what's everyone else going to think? I can just see myself go straight to this idea of self-worth and why I can't do something or why it won't work for me. Or I can see my brain start to list through, which is also anxiety, all of the possible outcomes and all the possible things I can do to like reduce risk, which is helpful in a lot of situations. But then, you know, I stop myself before it becomes more of a loop that I get caught in. And I think for a lot of my clients, and you said that it's the same for yours too. Like when it comes to business, you do need to be vulnerable. You need do need to 
show up and say what you think. And for a lot of us, we feel like if we're not making money or getting opportunities or getting likes on our Instagram posts that we're not worthy and always having to come back to that too. Like, like you said, we are worthy. We are capable. You know, we can be loved. We are incredible. We can serve. Even if that point in time, our business isn't giving us what we think it should or what we hoped it would. Yeah, exactly. It's so dangerous to tie our self-worth to an outcome because we don't have control over that outcome. Like if you tie your self-worth to the Instagram algorithm, like you're, yeah, you're going to be feeling pretty horrible this year, right? Because Instagram's not been an easy platform to navigate, you know? Um, So yeah, tying your self-worth to anything is really dangerous. But also I think perfectionists, we kind of have a skewed perspective on our work. Like I have had a really crazy year this year. I'm, I'm pregnant. Um, our house renovation has been so delayed and my energy and my mood has just been quite flat and blur sometimes. And there have been a few episodes of my podcast where I have recorded it and gone, God, that was so shit. Like I just did such an average job. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there anyway. And then I got the most amazing feedback and people go, oh my God, that podcast was so helpful. And I'm like, what? You know, so it's also remembering like what your perfectionistic brain is telling you isn't true. And the only way that you get to test that out is by putting out imperfect work and seeing how people respond to it. So (laughs) that's a bit of an example of how my brain works sometimes when I'm, I'm creating stuff and I think, oh, this is pretty average, but I put it out there anyway. I love that. (laughs) I do that all of the time. And how frustrating is it for the perfectionist brain when you like literally create something you're like I am so goddamn good this is the best thing I've ever made and crickets yeah (laughs) and the thing you're like oh I was like had a like for me I've recorded podcast episodes with migraines and so I've like stumbled on my words and I'm like oh god should I re-record I was like I don't have time yeah whatever put the episode out and got so many lovely responses and I just think like damn you perfectionist brain because if I listened to it I would have re-recorded it Maybe it wouldn't have had as much feeling or vulnerability, which also I think my brain does. If I have any ounce of vulnerability sometimes, that's Mm -hmm. when it thinks it's not good enough, when really that's what people are connecting with the most. So how frustrating is it when you, yeah, you think something's going to go really well and that something else goes better. And it goes to show that you're right, that the filter in our brain is not always accurate and the more that you become self-aware and understand this and you know seek therapy or professional help if that is suitable um, to you you start to really understand how this is playing out yeah definitely and I think you kind of have to test it out and it's a bit it's like vulnerable to do it but yeah to just see you know what happens when I put this out there is it as bad as I think it is Um, for me, because like a a big part of my business is really inspiring and empowering women. So I've got this thing that I need to feel great to show up in my business, but this year I haven't felt great for most of the year, but I've just shown up anyway. And it's like, okay, just because you're having a bit of a flat day when you record a podcast, doesn't mean that someone isn't going to get something out of that podcast. And that's something I've worked on with my business coach is like, just because something feels bad doesn't mean it is bad. And I think that does come back to my perfectionism too. Like I want to feel good and happy and energetic all the time. And that's obviously not realistic at the moment with growing a baby and renovating and all that. So (laughs) perfectionism can come into your emotions as well. Like wanting to be happy all the time, you know, can you relate to that? Definitely. Yes, you're right. Because I try and lean into 
feeling good and I've yeah. been listening to my feelings and yeah. in my body a lot more. And I will have, you know, phases where I work like 12 hour days and I'm just yeah. loving it or ideas come to me and they just seem so great and they kind of just pour out of me. And then other days it feels like I'm, you know, pulling my hair out and I think, oh, why can't you write like you did yesterday? Or why isn't this happening like it was last yeah. week? And you're right, it is to do with emotions like I'm meant to be switched on all the time. And yeah. in some ways the pandemic has been good for me because it made me realize that I could create content even when the world was literally like falling yeah. down around me. And I was quite ill at the start of this year. My clients and community didn't even know it kept showing up, yeah. um, you know, because of all the systems and processes I had behind me in the team, but also because I worked through my mindset where I was like, well, you can only do one post this week, Rachel. So you're just going to show up yeah. and you're just going to share it however you feel. And then I would feel good afterwards knowing that I took action and was working towards my goals and didn't let my mindset or yeah. my emotions prevent me from doing what I knew that I wanted to do. So kind of on that note then, what are some steps that we can take to work through our perfectionist tendencies so that we can have a more yeah. joyful, yeah. easeful life and a thriving business? Yeah. Okay. So one tool that I really love is like, if you get out a piece of paper and you draw a line through the middle of the paper, like a scale, and on one end of the line, you put perfect, you know, 100% perfect. And then the other end, what's the opposite of perfect? Like, you know, really crap or you know, bad or whatever you want to call the opposite of perfect. And when you're doing a task, like practice actually moving through that scale and seeing if you can drop. So if you're in your head, you're like, it needs to be 100% perfect. What if I dropped it down to 80% perfect or 50% and, and, you know, just practice using that scale throughout the day. The next thing is to ask yourself this question, like, how can I just do a good enough job today instead of a perfect job? You know, because, yeah, I think the like the pandemic has been very traumatic and like some people, you know, they, they've just had to do what they can to survive. And that's OK. Like that's you being a human. If you try to be perfect during that, like, you know, you're just going to feel really unhappy with what you're doing. So just asking yourself, like, how can I be compassionate with myself today? How can I give myself permission to just do a good enough job? And then that idea of imperfect action, or I like to talk about follow the plan, not the mood. So like if you're having a crap mood, you feel like something's not good enough, but you've planned to do it anyway. That's what I do with my podcast. I've, okay. I've planned to do it. I'm just going to record it and I'm going to put it out there and trust that someone will get something out of it. So I like to talk about, yeah, you know, writing down a plan and doing it, even if you're not in the mood, even if it doesn't feel perfect. There's such great tips and things that I teach and realizing that things that I do as well, particularly with the line, like I really was this year being yeah. like, what can I do just to get content out there? Yeah. And it was sometimes repurposing content because that was yeah. moving me towards my goal, even though I didn't feel like creating content. And I was happy with that. So it's yeah. like, well, I, the posts, like everyone loved that six yeah. months ago. They're going to love it again yeah. today. They won't even know that I've repurposed it. And it means I follow through and everything. And then I'm going to show up and yeah. I'm going to talk to that piece of content. So I tick so many of the boxes, mm. but you know, on that line, yeah. would I have wanted to create a new like kick yeah. ass, like standout piece of content? Yes. Yeah. Would I have liked to, you know, show up with new images? Yes. Like I could list all the things that I would ideally want to do and feel really excited by it. Yeah. But I felt like the exact opposite and it's still 
worked so well for my business. I still had successful launches, was getting clients. Everything was still going fine. And again, that just really proves that you can just take, like you said, imperfect action and follow the plan. I love that. Even when your mood isn't matched to that, that is so powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's always, you've got to balance it out with, um, that's probably something I say to a lot of the women I work with really find procrastination a big issue. So we use follow the plan, not the mood. If you're burnt out and you're like really worn out, then you probably don't want to use follow the plan, not the mood. You actually need to listen to your body and, and, you know, rest. So it, it but it's a really good tool for procrastinators uh, where the perfectionism is stopping them from taking action. Like one thing I noticed in a few of the groups that I run is like, we always do like introduction videos, like welcome videos. And we had this really interesting Q&A about perfect, perfectionism came up. And then so many women were like, oh yeah, I haven't done my introduction video because like I'm a perfectionist. And it was so interesting. I just assumed they hadn't done it because they'd been busy or, you know, but we, so we got them to do them live instead of pre-recording it. Because for me, doing a live video is so much easier than if I pre-record it, I'm going to like do it over and over again. So we're like, right, new rule, like all the intro videos are just lives. Like, <laughs> and it really helped them because it was like, well, yeah, I'm going to do this, even though it won't be perfect because it's live, like that's okay. So it, that is so good. Yeah. That makes so much sense. <laughs> I, would rather just do live than yeah. do recorded to, even though I wouldn't go back and record myself over and over unless I said something like absolutely terrible. The same with my podcast episodes. Yeah. I read them through once and that's it. Yeah. And I literally asked the editor to keep the stumbles in, yeah. to not bother editing them out because I just don't care. Yeah. And I want it to be like real. So yeah, I, love, I love that idea. I mean, maybe yeah. this is also you know, before we wrap up a good way to actually have people think about the ways they want to show up. And if it is as simple as you feel more comfortable when you're not live. So you record that video once and then upload it to Instagram as opposed to doing live or vice versa, whatever kind of serves you a lot more and to not do, you know, one way or the other. But if you're a perfectionist, one tool I'd say is if you prefer to pre-record, give yourself a time limit. Like don't, if it's a five minute video, give yourself 10 minutes or something like that. Don't let yourself spend an hour. You know, I've gone down that hole of like, okay, I've just got to do this one, you know, interview or five minute video or something like that. And then yeah, spend an hour recording it over and over again, which is why I prefer to do live. But if you really prefer to pre-record, then setting a time limit's really helpful for perfectionists too. And just like whatever I get done in this time will be good enough. Yeah, that's what I suggest to my clients. Yeah. If they're pitching, they write the pitch out once and they yeah. hit send. They don't even reread it to yeah. check for spelling mistakes. I was like, yep, you know, they'll be if they're glaring ones, they would have been like notified on your email. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. just do it because then sitting there rereading, rereading, you start editing. And then yeah. before you know it, you have nothing left because everything's yeah. terrible and you've yeah. deleted it all. Yes. Um, so yeah, time limits are huge. And I've been setting a lot of time limits for myself this year, even though I know I'm pretty good just to keep me on track. And so it also helps with the burnout. Like I have three hours today. Yeah. I'll get whatever I can get done in three hours and I close my laptop and work, walk yeah. away. So it serves me in so many mm. different ways. So it's another takeaway from this. Maybe time limits um, can be your friend. Yes. <laughs> It sounds like you know so many tools for perfectionism already. Like you've really developed your own and you, yeah, you've got your own way of working with it. It's great. 
Yeah, I've, I've like literally had to adapt pretty quickly with business yeah. because there's no external pressures really. Yeah. Like there's no one saying, Rachel, where's this document? There's no lunch breaks. Yeah. There's no 5 p.m. knock off. There is yeah. no one asking me on the spot to do anything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you can literally just sit in your head and go around and around and around. And I think that's what is happening to so many of my clients and maybe yours too, which is why we said, you know, having groups that you can come to, having a coach, having peers, friends, partners, people that you trust to kind of help you when you get into some of these spots to help you move through them is so important because I, another part of my, sort of you know story was I have to do everything by myself and so that with perfectionism was just like disaster right so having to relearn first that I don't have to do everything myself then freed me up to ask for advice like I said having that conversation with my friend who's like you're killing it Rachel what the I would never have asked that before because that was vulnerable I didn't know what that friend was going to say so I had to do that first yeah yet sort of understand my perfectionist tendencies to then work on them and then to start taking action through like abundance and love and joy as opposed to taking action through fear and not being worthy so for me it's been a huge journey and now I'm really fortunate I'm really grateful that I can support my clients in this space because I can see how some of the tools like you've shared Sam and I've shared can really help just alleviate a lot of this stress and anxiety and burden that we don't realize we're carrying around this huge backpack It's full of crap we're carrying around every day. We sit down to work and it's just dragging us down. And I never want my clients to feel like that. I think that's so powerful. And, you know, what's interesting as well is like, I think when you're in small business, um, you don't have the same container that you have as an employee. So like there have been times this year where I felt like, oh, life's too hard for me to show up in my business. But then I thought, but when I was working for the government, I would have been at work every day this week, you know? So like life doesn't need to be perfect for me to show up in my business either. So it is, it's like, I think, um, perfectionism and small business can be so yeah small business can really trigger perfectionism in me anyway more than just working for someone else yeah definitely yeah. and so to wrap up yeah. what would you love listeners to take away from this episode about perfectionism I guess just to look a little bit deeper if you are you know telling yourself that things need to be perfect just check in with yourself like is this actually helping me or hindering me because if you've got really high standards and uh but you're able to be flexible and respond to life then it's okay but if if you realize that you're actually being really rigid and you're not open to receiving support or being flexible then you know maybe maybe it's time to do a little bit of work on it and do some journaling uh, things like that and yeah remember that even if you don't feel like you're in the right mood or that things are going to be perfect, you can still take that imperfect action. And that is what's going to eventually change the perfectionism anyway. That is so, so true. So thank you so much for coming on the Rachel Kujip show and sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I am very, very grateful. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I think your clients are very lucky to have you, Rachel. Oh, thank you. That's so kind of you to say. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.